What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rookie Ball, the podcast where you want to go if you need to know anything sports or if you just want to hear my opinion on them. I, of course, always am your host, Phoenix Hygus. Everybody, welcome back. Another week of football has passed, and it is Tuesday, so I hope you guys had an amazing weekend, and it's time to recap some crazy games. So, let's get it. So during last week's episode, we recapped the Thursday night football game between the Chargers and the Chiefs that ended in a 27-24 victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. So we won't spend too much time on that one, but just so you guys know, since this is our first Tuesday episode back, I'm just going to be going each game, talking about my picks for this week, talking about the stats, and talking about the reactions of the game. So let's start with the first game that ended, and that was between the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now obviously this was a matchup to look for, I didn't really know which direction to go, because obviously the Patriots had a bad week one, and the Steelers had a very impressive week one. I decided to go with the Steelers against my better judgment, and it did not work out for me. The Patriots got off to a very hot start in this game. I think it was at one point 17 to three, maybe even 17 to zero. But the Steelers mounted a little bit of a comeback, scoring 11 points in the second half. And yeah, in fact, it was 17 to three, and they came back and made it a 17 to 14 game. But it just was a little bit too late. And the Patriots going to win this one. It wasn't anything impressive. Uh, their offense was not great. Mac Jones, 21 for 35, not very accurate with uh, 252 yards with a touchdown and interception. Nothing crazy. The rushing game, barely over 100 yards. But Nelson Aguilar, pretty good game by him. 110 yards receiving uh, and a touchdown. But the defense did pretty good, obviously. They got an interception out of Trubisky and a couple of sacks. On the Steelers' side, uh... Mitchell Trubisky played about the same game he did in week one, just a little less accurate. 21 for 33 with 168, a touchdown and interception. Slightly worse uh, than Mac Jones. And the rushing attack, not much going on, less than, uh, it looks like around less than 80 yards. Defense continued to be pretty good. Both of these defense played very well in this game. But the Patriots come out on top, but unfortunately sits me at 0-1 to start this week. Then we got a game I'm very proud of picking, the New York Giants against the Carolina Panthers. A lot of people were going for the Panthers in this one because no one is high on the Giants. But I went with them because I have no faith in the Panthers. I don't think they're a good team. And so I picked the Giants to win this game, and they do. 19-16 to bring me 1-1. Baker Mayfield's not looking like the answer, uh, everybody. It sucks because I was kind of rooting for him once he moved out of the AFC North. Um, But this just, uh, maybe it's another failed Browns quarterback. He was 14 for 29 with 145 yards and a touchdown. Not not the greatest game. Uh, But McCaffrey, we saw vintage Christian McCaffrey come out with 102 yards on 15 carries while also snagging four catches for 26 yards. No touchdowns yet, but we're kind of seeing old McCaffrey. So hopefully he stays healthy and he can continue to show for that. On the Giants' side, uh, 
just still more unimpressive quarterback games. Daniel Jones, 22 for 34, 176 yards, a touchdown. I mean, it's nothing, you know, if you win the game, you can't get mad at it, but you're hoping for a little bit more. Uh, Saquon continued to do not bad. Uh, 21 carries, 72 yards, three catches, 16 yards. Uh, He's looking like old Saquon, and you know, every great running back has a bad game every once in a while, so not bad from him as the Giants win, and I am, as I said, one and one. The next game, the Jets and the Browns. This was an insane game. The Jets were down by 13 with basically no time left. It seemed impossible. But they go down, they score a touchdown, and then they receive the onside kick and go on to win by 1.31-30. One of the most exciting games of this week, but not my game of the week. Joe Flacco, very impressive game, Uh, not very accurate, 26 for 44, but 307 yards with four touchdowns and zero interceptions. That is an extremely impressive game. The rushing attack was not very much there for the Jets, but the receiving core, Corey Davis and especially Gabe Wilson, eight receptions, 102 yards, two touchdowns. He had a game for himself, and he's looking like he's going to be a great piece on this very young Jets team. Um, and, you know, I'm not very impressed by beating the Browns, but I'm, I'm curious to see. Obviously, they have, and we'll get into it later, they have the Bengals next week, uh, so not really hoping for a win for the Jets there. Um, but they're, they showed some signs in this game that they can be very impressive uh, in the next few years, but obviously it's not their time yet. On the Brown side, it looked good until the end. Um, obviously, I said that I'm rooting against them. Jacoby Brissett, I have no problem with. Uh, but obviously, he was 22 for 27, so a pretty accurate game. Uh, 229 yards, a touchdown, interception. Nick Chubb continued to have pretty decent games. I mean, on the touchdown side, he had three of them. Uh, and he had 17 carries for 87 yards. Amari Cooper, nine receptions, 101 yards, one touchdown. So a pretty good game by the Browns. I, I They just uh, got unlucky in the last couple minutes there with the Jets making a huge comeback. So that Jets win brings me to 2-1 and one because I said I'm making the Browns 0-16. I don't care. The next game we had is a shocking one. This is shocking. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts continued to have a uh, nightmare matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars as the Jaguars win this one 24-0. You heard me right. Zero points put on the board by an Indianapolis Colts team that a lot of people were saying were the front runner of this division. And I'll tell you what, through the first two weeks of watching this division play, I have no idea who's winning this division. All four of them have shown no signs of being impressive. Now, the Jaguars, 24-0, you may think, oh, that's very impressive. That's because the Colts played so bad. Because you can put, any team can put up 24 points. But the Colts played so horrific that ended them with a goose egg at the end of the game. Matt Ryan, an abysmal game. 16 for 30, 195 yards, three interceptions. So yeah, up until that point, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that had under 200-yard performances, but they did not have three interceptions. Jonathan Taylor only had nine carries the entire game, and it went for 54 yards. Is Michael Pittman Jr. this much of an influence on this team? Obviously, they didn't have him this week. 
So we'll see what happens when they get him back, hopefully next week. Was he really that much of importance to Matt Ryan? And if so, that's that's terrifying. On the Jaguars side, you know, it was just it was just a decent game. Trevor Lawrence, 25 for 30, pretty accurate. 235 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. James Robinson continues to be the clear lead running back on this team, which I said he would be. 23 carries, 64 yards, a touchdown. Christian Kirk showing that he was worth the money he was being paid. Six receptions, 78 yards, two touchdowns. Evan Ingram, who got paid seven receptions, 46 yards. Listen, the Jaguars have the ability to win this division, and the way the first couple of weeks have gone, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Obviously, the Texans are in no position to take this division. The Titans look up abysmal for through the first two weeks losing to the Giants and getting obliterated to the Bills which we'll get into later and now the Colts a tie against the Texans and a shutout uh against the Jaguars I have no idea who is going to win the AFC South now earlier I talked about how the Jets and the Browns were not my game of the week that's because this one is my game of the week the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens, which ended in a 42-38 victory for the Miami Dolphins. This team was down 35, I believe. Yeah, 35-14, to 14, entering the fourth quarter. You heard that right. They were down by 21 points going into the fourth quarter. The Ravens only scored three in the fourth quarter with a field goal. And in watching this game, because it was it was right on before the Bengals game, this Dolphins team is insane. I was even, if they lost this game, I was going to come on here because I was pretty confident that they were going to. I was going to come on and say, they impressed me, but they didn't show that they're contenders. Since they won, the Dolphins are terrifying. The Dolphins are scary. This is, so far, I know it, it's only been two weeks, and I'm very aware of it, so no one come attack me. The Dolphins look like the main competition for the Bills and the AFC. The Ravens looked great this entire game. Lamar Jackson, 29, 21 for 29, 318 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He had 119 yards rushing with a touchdown. Rashad Bateman had a great game, 108 yards on one touchdown. Mark Andrews, 104 yards with one touchdown. But they got overmatched by two. 36 for 50. 469 yards. Six touchdowns and two interceptions, but that was in the first half. Six touchdowns. That's crazy. Tyreek Hill obviously had an insane game. 11 receptions for 190 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Waddle not far behind him. 11 receptions, 171 yards, and two touchdowns. They looked insane, and the rushing wasn't horrible. I mean, their two running backs had 80 yards combined, but they mostly had to pass in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, in which they scored 28 points. This was one of the greatest games I've seen in a while. Um, I, I just had so much excitement watching it, that final couple of drives, the Ravens almost getting in field goal range at the end of the game but having to settle for the Hail Mary that obviously fell short. This game was awesome and I hope there's more games like this throughout the rest of the season but the Dolphins move on to 2-0. The Ravens 1-1. The AFC North had an abysmal day. Dolphins look terrifying uh, and I can't wait to watch them for the rest of the season.
Then we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, like I said, I was expecting this one to go Tampa Bay's way. 20-10. to 10, uh, And let's talk about some of the drama that went in this one. Mike Evans has now suspended a full game uh, due to fighting uh, Marjan Lattimore. And you kind of see him uh, lip sync. Uh, you can you can read his lips when he's talking to the refs after the altercation. And all he can say is, it's Tom Brady. What do you want me to do? Like, he has to defend Tom Brady because it's Tom Brady. You can't let Tom Brady get in a fight. Um, but talking more about the game, this was not impressive by either team. The Saints looked not good. Uh, like I said, I, I just don't think the Saints are there on the level of the teams that I think are going to make the playoffs in the NFC. But Tom Brady was not accurate this game. He was 18 for 34. He had 190 yards and a touchdown. Nothing impressive from the rushing game. Nothing impressive from the receiving game. They just, they played well and their defense played amazing. Jameis Winston looked like Jameis Winston. 25 for 40, 236 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. The rushing game wasn't really there because obviously Alvin Kamara was injured. 10 carries for 60 yards for Mark Ingram, and and nothing crazy from the receiving core. I mean, Chris Olave had 80 yards this game, so good to see him showing some potential in this game. But this was a very unexciting game, especially because it was being played at the same time as the Dolphins and Ravens game. No no impressive uh, showings from either team besides maybe the Bucks defense. Then we had a shocker in my book, uh, I know it wasn't for most people. They were actually the favorite in this game. The Lions kind of mashed the uh, the Commanders, 36 to 27. Now, Washington did surmount some of a comeback in the second half, but I mean the Lions just got off to too much of a hot start. They were winning 22 to zero entering the second half, and it, it's very hard to come back from 22 to zero. Uh, Carson Wentz, though, I said he wasn't going to be able to continue what he did last week, but he kind of impressed me this week. Uh, 30 for 46, 337 yards, three touchdowns, interception. That's a really good game for Carson Wentz. Now, I did say, you know, although I didn't say he would continue to perform as well as he did in week one, then in week two, I did say that this guy is an upgrade for the Commanders. No other Commanders playoff contenders with this upgrade? No, absolutely not. Um, but it does make them better. Uh, the rushing game was horrible. They had no rushers over 30 yards, and they kind of spread the wealth in the receiving core. Uh, Curtis Samuel looked great, uh, 78 yards, one touchdown. Terry McLaurin, 75 yards. Dotson, 59 yards and a touchdown. They shared, they shared the wealth on the receiving core, but it was not enough to beat the Lions. Jared Goff, 20 for 34, 256 yards. Four touchdowns and zero interceptions. But who was the player of this game for the Lions? It's a Ra St. Brown. One of my favorite names to, to say, to, to look at in the NFL. Two carries for 68 yards on the ground, rushing. He was their leading rusher this game. And 116 yards with two touchdowns on nine receptions in the air. So this man was the leading receiver and the leading rusher on this team. Now, the defense kind of fell apart in the second half, but they looked very good. The first half kept Washington to zero points through the first two quarters, but their offense just looked impressive. I was very impressed by the showing uh, of the Lions in this one. You know, with how iffy the NFC North looks this season, 
you know, a lot of people were talking about the potential of them winning this division, and I'm not mad at that prediction now through the first two weeks. Now, obviously, I was distressed by it uh, before the season started, but you know what? Beating the Commanders, who, who beat Jacksonville, who just beat Indianapolis, I mean, we can play the whole snake game. It, it doesn't really work. Um, but, I mean, an impressive showing from Detroit here. Then we move on to a game that unfortunate news in it, but it makes this very interesting now. That is the 49ers beating the Seattle Seahawks 27-7. Obviously, the Seahawks finally showing their true colors. Just felt a little motivated to beat Russ in week one. Geno Smith, you know, 24 for 30, 197 yards, zero touchdowns, interception. And you know what? Not, not bad. You know, I, I would be happy if Geno Smith was giving me those numbers. Now, obviously, I wouldn't want the interception, but the accuracy and the yards, not horrible. Uh, the, the rushing game, whoo, uh, Rashad Penny, 15 yards, Kenneth Walker, 10 yards. No running back over 20 yards in this game, and they only had four rushers, including Geno Smith. But Tyler Lockett, uh, pretty impressive in the showing out of Geno Smith's 197 yards. Tyler Lockett had 107 of them, so more than half. But the 49ers, this is where the uh, interesting storyline occurs. Trey Lance comes into the game, has three pass attempts, two for three, 30 yards, and injures his ankle and it's pretty clear that it is a broken ankle and it's looking like he's going to be out for the entirety of the season jimmy garoppolo comes in 13 for 21 150 yards one touchdown zero interceptions doesn't look bad also has a rushing touchdown on a quarterback sneak jeff wilson you know 84 yards debo samuel 53 yards over 100 yards rushing uh and brandon Ayuk, not the worst game Five receptions, 63 yards. So this brings up the question, is Jimmy going to be able to lead them like he did last season? Obviously, it's hard to tell. Beating a team like the Seahawks isn't anything impressive. And obviously, prayers up to Trey Lance, you know, hopefully for a speed recovery and something. But now the question becomes, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be able to be that guy? And now it kind of looks like it was worth it to keep him because now they're what they feel like is a contender and they have a quarterback that they know can lead them to an NFC championship or even the past the Super Bowl so I'm curious to see how the 49ers play out for a season they are one and one the same as the Seahawks um, so the NFC West is finally shaping up to what we thought it was going to be a very interesting and impressive game uh, division speaking of the NFC West uh, the Rams almost blew it against the Atlanta Falcons. It was 31 to 2017. Wait, sorry. It was 31 to 27, but this game started off 21 to 3 uh, in the Rams' favor. In fact, it went to 28 to 3. And yeah, everybody remembers that. If you don't, Falcons blew one of the biggest leads in Super Bowl history at 28 to 3 to the New England Patriots. So the Rams were up 28 to 3 in this one. And the Falcons got this all the way to 31 to 27. Very close game. The Falcons. The Falcons. Marcus Mariota. 17 for 26, 196 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I think they need to realize that they just need to start Desmond Ritter. The, the fact that Marcus Mariota is starting is ridiculous. Start Desmond Ritter. It's it's your rookie. You know, you're you're not contending this season. 
nothing really from the rushing game. Cordell Patterson, not the best game, only 41 yards. And Drake London continues to show some impressive uh, abilities, some impressive stats. Eight receptions, 86 yards, a touchdown. Uh, kind of taking the, uh, the shine away from Kyle Pitts, who I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith on. Didn't have an impressive season last season. Can, uh, starting off this season, not very impressive. Are people uh, losing interest with him? On the Rams side, pretty impressive game. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 27 for 36, 272 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. I will say, Matthew Stafford is not looking very impressive through the first two games. Obviously, I'm not expecting insane numbers. I'm not expecting him to be on the same level as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. But I'm expecting him to be just one tier below, and he's not playing like that. Um, three touchdowns, obviously impressive, but you can't be throwing two interceptions. And on the same level, you should be throwing for 300 yards if you're Matthew Stafford. Especially when you have a player like Cooper Cup on your team. Um, the rushing game continues to be very lackluster for this team. Cooper Cup continues to be amazing. 11 receptions for 108 yards, two touchdowns. The, um, the... Allen Robinson project just ain't working. Four receptions, 53 yards. I've benched him on all my fantasy teams. Matthew Stafford just doesn't like him. And we continue with the NFC West with a great game, a shocker, you could probably say. The Arizona Cardinals go on to beat the Las Vegas Raiders 29-23 in overtime. The Raiders got off to a hot start on this game. They went up 21-0 in the first half, but the Cardinals go on to score 23 points in the second half, and it really just came in the fourth quarter, 16 of those points in the fourth quarter. Now, I only really got to watch the last minute of this game, but this was insane. Raiders get off to a hot start. The Derek Carr to Devontae Adams train just keeps going. Now, he only had two receptions for 12 yards, but one of them was a touchdown, uh, and Josh Jacobs didn't look too bad himself. Derek Carr, 252 yards, two interceptions, sorry, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But Kyler Murray just came alive at the end of this game, especially on that last drive. He, on that last play, the last play and the two-point conversion, just running around for his life and finding a way. He was 31 for 49, 277 yards, a touchdown and an interception with not much of a running game. Uh, only one rusher over 50 yards. And no receivers over 100. Zach Ertz, 75 yards. Marquise Brown, 68. And so, you know, the stats don't show anything impressive from either of these teams. But somehow I, I learned so much about both of these teams in this game. The Raiders have now lost two close games. The Cardinals have now gotten blown out and made a great comeback and, and clutched up in a game against the Raiders. So... The Cardinals seem like they're going to be hot or cold, or maybe the Raiders are just not as good as I was expecting them to be this season. I guess we'll find out in the coming weeks. Obviously, the Cardinals had to face, in my opinion, two very strong opponents to come out to start this season. So we'll, we'll see if they continue to impress against weaker opponents. Then we got the Houston Texans and the Denver Broncos. I said the Broncos have to destroy the Texans to impress me in any way, and they did not. They did not in any way. Uh, the Denver Broncos are going to win this one 16-9. On the Texans' side, Davis Mills, 19 for 38, 177 yards. Slowly learning 
that he's not the guy. He's not that impressive. Um, but Damian Pierce, 69 yards on 15 carries. I'm not mad at that uh, for a person who is on the bottom end of starting running backs uh, and just kind of coming in to fill a role for a tanking team. On the Broncos side, Russell Wilson, just not that impressive. 14 for 31, not very accurate. 219 yards, all right. One touchdown, one interception. Looks like a Daniel Jones game to me. Looks like, you know, looks like a Mac Jones game to me. Looks like a Mitchell Trubisky game. This doesn't look like a top-tier quarterback performance. On on the rushing game, I'm, I'm just not very impressed. Javante Williams, just, I said from the beginning of the season, I he's unproven. 75 yards on 15 carries. It's a good game. It's not a great game. And I think a lot of people were expecting him to be great this season. Melvin Gordon, 10 carries, 47 yards. The whole conversation was about Javante Williams had, you know, had had the running back job. And it looks like they're still splitting carries. Uh, on the receiving, Cortland Sutton, great game. Cortland Sutton was a huge bright spot. Uh, of this game seven receptions 122 yards and the defense now i know it's the texans offense so it's kind of hard to say how the defense was but you know if you hold any team to nine points you did a pretty impressive game but only winning this game by seven not impressive at all uh and really only because of the fourth quarter they scored 10 of their points in the fourth quarter not an impressive game in any way by the denver broncos and as i said they are the worst team in this division even though they're not in last right now, they are the worst team. Then we got uh, the my depression game. Uh, the Cowboys beat, beat the Bengals. I lost my lock of the week. Uh, oh no! It, it was so it was so bad. Uh, the Bengals just didn't look good. Joe Burrow he fixed up on his mistakes. Uh, no interceptions this game. 24 for 36, 199 yards, and a touchdown. And Joe Mixon, you know, it, 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 they, he just wasn't getting any room to run. 57 yards. T. Higgins looked good. Uh, glad to have him back. Six receptions, 71 yards. Jamar Chase, I know it only says 54 yards, but still a bright spot of this game. Uh, on the Cowboys, Cooper Rush looked as good as Joe Burrow in this game. 19 for 31, 235 yards, a touchdown, zero interceptions. Their rushing game, it doesn't look like it in the stats, but just dominated the Bengals. 53 yards, 43 yards. Uh, And and Brown looked like like Devontae Adams going out there. Had a touchdown, 91 yards, five receptions. You cannot make a team look like this. And I'll tell you what, the Bengals looked significantly better in the second half. They were much better than the Cowboys in the second half. But you cannot be playing from behind every game. I know everybody says they're a second-half team. You can't just always be a second-half team. You cannot go into the second half every single game down 17-3 to and expect to make the Super Bowl. Look, the Bengals need to hit the panic button right now. They got the Jets next week. You gotta beat the Jets. And I know you got the Ravens and the Dolphins in week 4 and 5. You gotta win one of those games. Listen, I know it's very, you know, hard to make the playoffs after starting 0-2 in a season, but it has happened, and it's happened a lot, um, and and they need to be one of those teams. Now listen, I'm, I'm used to the Bengals being bad, uh, and I will be able to live with if we have a bad season, because I've gone through many years of it uh, before last season, but it is, it is heartbreaking, you know, to see 
to, to fall so far. Uh, so I believe we have our easiest opponent next week in the Jets. Uh, Got to win that game. For the Cowboys, I, I still am not expecting any anything from them. I think they faced a team that just didn't play well. Micah Parsons was really the only thing on this team that impressed me. Uh, the, I mean, the defense did look good, but uh, it was mostly because of Micah Parsons. So I'm not expecting anything from the Cowboys, but cruise to them for getting their first win. Then we had the Sunday night football game, which I was expecting the Bears to win this game, but just got to learn that the, the Packers own them. Packers own the Chicago Bears, and the quicker we learn that, the quicker we can accept that. Justin Fields, I mean, he only had 11 attempts because that's it's because he wasn't on the field much this game. Uh, 7 for 11, 70 yards, 0 touchdowns, interception. David Montgomery, though, showing that he, and, I, and I've been saying this, he is a top-tier running back. 15 carries, 122 yards. Uh, receiving core, I, I don't even talk about it, was not great. Uh, and then the Packers, screw Aaron Rodgers, uh, 19 for 25, 234 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 15 carries, 132 yards, touchdown. A.J. Dillon, 61 yards. I mean, listen, they had over 200 yards rushing this game. Sammy Watkins, 93 yards, three receptions. So at least one of the receivers showed out uh, during this game. Listen, there's not much to talk about that game. Obviously, I said the Packers are still the best team in the NFC North, and it's going to be proven once we get into these Monday night games. Um, so I expect them, I, like I said, I expect them to win this division. Uh, I just wanted to ride the high of the Bears for a little bit longer. Then we had our Monday night games, and neither of them were close, but one of them was a little closer, and that was between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. And now that they've officially played, uh, and it only being week two, I would like to claim that I had the Packers winning their division when everyone had the Vikings, uh, when everyone was high on the Vikings after they beat the Packers in week one, and I said, I'm still not expecting them because they didn't show that they could be a team. I also said that the Eagles are winning the NFC East because they are a complete team, and I picked them to win this game because they play as a team. And how did it come out? The Vikings. I said Kirk Cousins wasn't that impressive in week one. 27 for 46, 221 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Not good. Bad game by Kirk Cousins. In the rushing game, Dalvin Cook had less rushing yards than Kirk Cousins. Six carries for 17 yards. Not good. In the receiving game, no one over 60 yards. Adam Thielen, four receptions, 52 yards. Justin Jefferson, six receptions, 48 yards. If Justin Jefferson does not play good, they don't play well. Because they are a one, maybe two, possibly three-man team. They're not complete, and their defense wasn't impressive in this game either. But on the Eagles' side, Jalen Hurts looked great. 26 for 31, very accurate. 333 yards, a touchdown, and one interception, so one mistake. Miles Sanders, can't complain, 17 carries, 80 yards, on the receiving core, shared the wealth, Dallas Goddard, 5 receptions, 82 yards, Devontae Smith, 7 receptions, 80 yards, A.J. Brown, 5 receptions, 69 yards. Look, the Eagles look good, and I said that from the beginning of the season, they're a scary team. Now, they are definitely not the best team in the NFC so far through the first two weeks but man i mean they look good and i said they were going to be good 
but no one wants to listen to me, so that's fine. But once you guys do, you'll realize how right I've been uh, throughout everything. And then the other, the other Monday night game we had was between the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. And, and I did pick the Bills to win this game, but I, I did say on the record that I expect this to be closer than a lot of people think. But the, it was 41-7. to The Buffalo Bills won this game 41-7. to And the seven points by the Titans were scored in the first quarter. So not a fun game for them. The Buffalo Bills are are literally the most scary thing i've ever seen in the nfl this team looks like they could go 17 and 0 um i I don't know this just this was insane i is was expecting the bills to win this one convincingly but not in a blowout 41 to 7 so let's go through the uh the stats for the tennessee titans ryan Tannehill, give the job to malik willis already 11 for 20, 117 yards, two interceptions, zero touchdowns. And Malik Willis did throw four passes. Didn't look great, but one for four, six yards, whatever. Derrick Henry, 13 carries, 25 yards. He did have a touchdown, but jeez. Uh, Traylon Burks, four receptions, 47 yards. Maybe showing some potential if he had a quarterback that could throw to him. Maybe Malik, maybe Malik Willis will be that answer. But on the Bills side, let's let's just talk about the Bills. Josh Allen, 26 for 38, 317 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, continuing his domination from that week one win Thursday night over the Rams. The rushing game, still not great, and yet they're still winning games by this much. Stefan Diggs, a huge game by Stefan Diggs. He was most of the offense. Uh, actually, he was all of the offense for the Buffalo Bills last night. 12 receptions, 148 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, listen, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, wait, you said for the Vikings, you know, you can't just have two good players and win. And you're probably thinking, oh, he's saying the same thing for the Bills. You know, he's just saying that Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, this defense allowed seven points. This defense allowed seven points. This is a whole unit of good players. Sure, they maybe only have three good players on offense, but they have a whole unit that is good on defense and they are continuing to dominate other teams so where does that leave me in my predictions for this week not counting the thursday night game because obviously i didn't get in time to predict it that's going to leave us at eight and seven if you want to check it you can go back and look at the film from last episode but that's eight and seven so we're making steps up we were under 500 in week one now we're over 500 in week two and let's begin our analysis for the next Thursday night game, so we do get it this time. Between two AFC North teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, both getting W's in week week one, and then both taking L's in week two. The Steelers lose to the Patriots, the Browns lose to the Jets. Now, I can't really calculate where the Patriots are on, on the tiers of NFL teams, so I can't tell if this was a bad loss for the Steelers or, you know, an understandable loss. For the Browns, you should be beating the Jets. Looking at this game, I'm not expecting it to be a a, a cool game, but I'm expecting it to be a close game. I think these are teams that are kind of on the same level as each other. Who am I going to go with? (sighs) The Browns have slightly impressed me a little bit through the first two weeks. Scoring 30 points in any game is impressive, and they beat the Panthers, and Nick Chubb does look good. 
but Jacoby Brissett going against that Steelers defense, and it's just processing in my head. Brissett going against that defense, and, and even Chubb going against that defense is going to be scary for them. So you know what? For the second week in a row, and I hate that I'm doing it, but I said I was going to pick them to go 0-17. I'm picking the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game. Um, it hurts my soul that I've had to do that two weeks in a row now, and one of them didn't even work. So please let it work this time so I at least don't have to eat my words. So I think I'm going to start the week 1-0 by picking the Pittsburgh Steelers to beat the Cleveland Browns. And I will see you guys on Friday where we preview the rest of these games coming up. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week. I will see you at the beginning of this weekend, Friday night. And I will see you guys on the flippity flip. Get out of here.